Why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? Do you really want to know? It might make you uncomfortable and even sound a little crazy. But if I tell you, you can't go back to sleep. Here's the truth. You're under attack. We all are. Our children, our families, our communities. The saddest part is, they're only successful because we refuse to pay attention. For centuries, even millennia, they've conspired in the shadows and worked behind the scenes and hidden the truth behind cascading waves of lies and distractions. Can we be victorious? Oh, okay. The fusion cell. I'll be your warrior guide, retired Green Beret Master Sergeant Jeremy Brown, with former Police Sergeant Jen. Do we have all the answers? Absolutely not. But together, we'll find them. Now, wake up. We got work to do. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Fusion Cell. We have Jeremy Brown on the line. Jeremy, welcome yes, to your own show. Welcome to your own show. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I've heard a lot about it. Do you ever get your shows mixed up because you get interviewed by so many people and then you're like, man. Only when I'm trying to remember what I've said. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll know that I've talked about a topic and I can't remember whether I talked about it on the podcast or not. And I'm going to tell you, folks, you don't know this. But Jen yells at me and beats me verbally uh, when I when I when I break stories on other interviews and not on the podcast. She's yes. very demanding. Yes, I will admit to that. I have a standing order to not break anything except on the podcast first, and then to share it with everyone else. <laughs> I mean, that's how it should be. You know, this is this is your platform. So we have to bring people here so they can hear all the other things you have to say, right? Yeah, but yeah, but Jen, I, I, look, I'm just a guy in a box <laughs> wearing a lot of orange who just wants people to just wake the hell up and run, run for your lives. Oh, I don't man. see myself as some, as Rush Limbaugh used to call himself, a, a highly influential member of the media, but uh, I guess. Well, you know, the title of our episode tonight is um, Our Volatile World and How to Protect Your Family with Jeremy Brown. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on today, current events. Um, but before we get started talking about that and getting Jeremy's advice on how to stay safe uh, with all these incoming threats, which are very real and changing by the day, um, we want to tell you about a new segment of the Fusion Cell, which is going to be dropping tomorrow at noon. So just to give you guys a little idea of what's going on, um, I'm going to start interviewing some people that have interesting stories. That could be about J6, that could be about uh, a whistleblower, it could be about self-sustainability. Whatever it is, we want to bring them into the Fusion Cell uh, to our audience so that you guys can learn from them too. So for tomorrow, uh, I've interviewed Bobby Powell. Bobby Powell has been a journalist since 1987. His first year of being a journalist, he uncovered exculpatory evidence for a murder trial and helped set the innocent defendant free. Fast forward to the last day of his career and ready to start his planned retirement, January 6th, 
He captured earth-shattering footage that he would later get bribed by a congressman and GOP leader to keep quiet. He was offered $100,000, $200,000. Bobby said, you'll just have to kill me, refusing the bribe, and the congressman responded that could be arranged. Six weeks later, while attending the Jeremy Brown rally in front of Pinellas County Jail, police arrested an Antifa member with two pipe bombs. Is it a coincidence? You decide. Bobby Powell later viewed January 6th footage where that same Antifa member had gotten off a bus at the Capitol on January 6th near Ray Epps. Since being bribed by... Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop, 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 stop. Did you just say that he has footage of Garrett Smith at January 6th? Yes, sir. Why did nobody tell me this? Oh, I just learned about it. <laughs> Surprise! You get you get the bombshell oh, like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, you I'm know, now we're editing. gonna have to have an episode. Now we're gonna have to have an episode on who is Garrett Smith. Yes, and you know he's changed his name, as we know, and he's also trans. Uh, you know, so that was yeah, that was his new name. Right, because mm-hmm. the, one of the reasons why they didn't go after him is because they're like, oh, well, he's got no criminal record. I mean, he's only thirty days old. Yeah, <laughs> because that's how that's how close to our bombing he was from his name, his documents. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this. Yes, <sighs> see, yeah. this, this is why I tune in <laughs> to get late breaking news about my own life. Um. Yeah, so, well, since he was bribed by high-powered GOP, and I'll play you a snippet here in just a moment, Bobby's refused to stay quiet, sending it to numerous congressmen and women, but always ignored. He suffered six heart attacks since January 6th. He now wears a chest device that can sense the onset of a heart attack. But he wanted this video to get into the hands of General Flynn. So he delayed the onset of this life-saving chest device by remote control so that he could give his footage to General Flynn in person. So haven't seen any and movement. Jen, could you, Go ahead. Jen, could you summarize what General Flynn has done with this information? Um, I can actually. Okay. Oh, I thought that was your summary just now, the silence. The complete and utter silence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But hey, I just found out today that apparently I'm a covert operative of General Flynn. So not sure how that's working out. But uh, man, news to me. There's just bombshells happening all over this episode. I know. Look at this. <laughs> you have your secrets. I have mine. <laughs> uh, well, okay. So that move landed him in the hospital. Okay. Just so that you know. So you're right. General Flynn hasn't done anything with that footage. And And Bobby ended up in the hospital after that. Um, He's never strayed from his oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States and puts his life on the line daily to keep this video alive and available for all to see. So let me play you that trailer so that you can see it. And Jeremy, so that you can hear it. up my hand as a as a 16 year old marine recruit i swore to defend this nation against all enemies foreign and domestic and and uh as i said i was not given an expiration date there were five legal challenges from five key swing states 
fencer. Well, I'm going to call it a fencerection. Once that started, of course, all debate stopped. And as soon as Congress reconvened, all those challenges were dropped. And by the time I got to the Capitol, the West Side was already under attack. There's standing guard at the base of the steps and protesters were yelling at them. Okay, chanting Trump, 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 USA, USA, all this kind of stuff. And then the Capitol Police just started beating people. Did you hear uh, at any time a notice to disperse? No. At any time? Not. No. This footage is so explosive. Nobody wants to touch it. It's radioactive. To capture this man who was dressed in paramilitary gear, had a, an earpiece in face mask, uh, a, trans a second radio transmission telling them to displace, to leave a broken window completely undefended with a mob threatening to go inside. Carrie says, hey, Bobby, what would it take to get you to stop talking about your January 6th video? And I said, Carrie, why would I do that? You know, it, it proves that uh, undercover federal agents, regardless of what agency they work for, whether it's FBI, HSI, or Homeland Security Investigations, or CIA, you know, whoever, proves that Trump people were not responsible for the for the uh, quote unquote insurrection. And Carrie Bentivoglio told me because Ron Weiser wants you to. And I said, why would the chairman of the Michigan Republican Party want me to stop talking about a video that exonerates President Trump? Kerry mm -hmm. did not reply to that question. But he did say, how about $100,000? I kind of laughed a little bit. And I said, Kerry, you're, you're blowing my mind, okay? You got to be kidding me. And, and he looks me dead in the eyes. How about $200,000? Would that be enough? Okay. Now, at this moment, I'm realizing that my friend is actually offering me a bribe to suppress this footage and send it down the memory hole. Mm. So I told him, yeah, I told him, look, Carrie, you go back and you tell Ron Weiser that he doesn't have enough money to buy my honor or my silence. You can tell Ron Weiser that if he wants me to stop talking about this video, he's going to have to have me killed. At which point, Congressman Bentivoglio said, that could be arranged. I've since, either by registered letter or by physically placing a thumb drive in the January 6th package in their hand, I have given this video to 18 members of Congress, and four of them sit on the Weaponization Committee. Uh, Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, uh, Greg Stubbe, and Thomas Massey, the politicians that I've spoken with on the Republican side of the aisle, want to uh, forget about January 6th. They figure that it's the best way to win 2024 is to let the January 6th prisoners rot in jail and just move on. I was literally told this at Clay Clark's reawakening tour in Miami. So there it is. That's our little snippet. That's our teaser. You and have one minute left. We will drop that tomorrow at noon. Okay. Well, I have some comments. So 
<laughs> Let me come back. Oh my gosh! All right. Okay. And I wish I could watch. I wish I could watch the fusion cell. Damn it, Jen. Okay. The caller has hung up. I was talking to Jeremy before, before the show, and I was like, you know what? I am so tired of my co-host being in jail. I'm over it. Just over it. Can you imagine the fusion cell? With Jeremy and I sitting next to each other, it would be much more fun, much more comprehensive. We'd have so much research. I'm sure he'd have me researching even more than I do now. Honestly, we'd probably be spending 75% of the time researching, but it would be very comprehensive, especially added to all the knowledge that he has. But anyway, so we're going to get this interview edition together. Um, I've, I'm already editing the next one after this. And I'm really excited for this new segment because it's great to bring in other people's uh, perspectives. I, I love different walks of life <laughs> and things they've learned throughout their life is just very um, incarcerated individual. Really interesting to me. County, Florida. This call is not. And everyone private. has a story, you know. And maybe monitored. If you believe this should be a private call. Please hang up and follow facility instructions to register this number as a private number. To accept this free call, press 1. To refuse this free thank you for using Securus. You may start the conversation now. All right. Can you hear me? Yes. All right. My first question is, uh, do we have the video? Yes. Yes. It'll okay. play tomorrow during this segment. Yes. No, 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 no. I need it. Oh, okay. As part of my uh, discovery process, gotcha. so we need to get that to me uh, through uh, the defense team. All right. The second comment I have: See, this is how Congress and any elected official in America today thinks. The best way to win twenty twenty four. See, they don't care about America. They only care about their job. When they say the best way to win in 2024, what they really mean to say is the best way for me to win in 2024. You see, because somebody that actually cared about the country would do what's necessary to save the country, even if it costs them their job. And the most damaging piece of evidence of this is what Mr. Powell just mentioned, right? That there were all these challenges, all these people that didn't want to be yelled at by Trump uh, for not supporting him. And so they were willing to go, they were going to go in front of Congress and they were going to file their objections. They were going to make their arguments. They were going to, they were going to stand there and, and they were going to challenge this election until January 6th, until the actual protests blow up into this riot. I'm using my air quotations, right? Yes. And then miraculously, afterwards, none of them give two shits about the election. They're like, well, clearly the protest got out of hand and so oh, let the election stand. It's not logical. Okay? I mean, I uh, I Let's just say, let, let's use, um, let's use the current 
you know, situation, right? Let, let's say, uh, you know, we're going to back Israel and then a bunch of uh, wild, ridiculous morons all show up and start putting red palm prints all over the White House and everything. And then they just say, well, well I guess you're not going to support Israel. Really? Uh, you didn't seem like you really were supporting Israel. And that's all it takes for it to change your mind. It's just extremely suspicious that all of these congressmen just all of a sudden lost interest in examining the election. Well, here's why, folks. Why would anyone want to examine the election that resulted in you winning? <laughs> I mean, everyone in Congress won in the election. There's not one single member of Congress that was installed after an analysis of the 2020 election return and said, you know what? Actually, we found some fraud, and you're now actually now in office, right? None of them. Every single one of them is in office as a result of the election of 2020, right? So they obviously don't want to look too hard at it. So that's just one reason why maybe they don't want to look at it, all right? But yeah. it's just, it is absurd and it's ridiculous. And, uh, you know, I will, I'm very interested in seeing what Mr. Powell has. And I wish I could hear what he has to say, but apparently Jim just wants to have interviews without me. <laughs> hey, Jeremy, we have Voices in Nebraska saying, yeah, they sweep J6 under the, under the rug. They sweep millions reported dead, more than from many wars, from an experimental vaccine under the rug. They refuse to look at evidence of election fraud. Shame. Manasu says, how hard is it for these congressmen? to call out the fact we have political prisoners right now because of corruption. May, you know, maybe their, their jobs depend on it. And this is the problem. Blackmailed and sold out to corporations, not working for the people. We should defund Congress. I, I'm for it. I mean, look, it, this, this is why, I mean, look, the, the elections are fraudulent in many ways. But one of the most fraudulent ways that one of the most egregious ways that they're fraudulent is our willing ignorance and our intentional submission to their propaganda and mind control. And what I mean is that the reason donors are so important to winning elections is because they pay for advertising. But the only reason advertising is an effective election tool is because we're stupid and lazy. That is why we are uninformed, we are uninvolved, and we are immoral as a people, which is why I heard Clay up today talking about, oh, well, you know, these polls, these presidential polls, and this poll and that poll. But, you know, most people don't pay attention to the election until Labor Day, mm -hmm. right? So only the sycophantic, uh, you know, information junkies are the ones that, you know, oh, a new poll, did you see? Trump's up, Trump's down, Trump's this, Trump's that, right? Everyone else. About 90% of America doesn't know a damn thing about what's ha actually happening 
in the world. If you don't believe me, look at the cable news rating, right? I mean, you, me, if if we're in an airport or we're in a hospital waiting room, we'll, we'll turn it to the news. But let me tell you, 90% of Americans would not, okay? They just wouldn't. I mean, look at the, the viewership numbers of all cable news combined. It's not 10% of America. So 90% of Americans aren't even getting the fake news about politics. They don't care. So if they happen to hear some other moron talk about what they heard on the fake news, they'll take about 25% of that moron's opinion and they'll count that as the, their, their whole combined total of information that they know about what's going on in the world. That's the sad part. And see, when you have a citizenry that is so uninvolved and uninformed or misinformed or disinformed or whatever version of informed you want to use, when you have them so drastically outside of the bounds of intelligence, well, all you have to do is run a television ad. Boom! They see the guy on television and they go to the vote which they vote for him. And that is why the donor class has more power than the voting class. This is why your congressmen don't give two craps. Yeah, and I'm only censoring because apparently we're banned from Google and Apple. So I'm trying to make efforts to make us more palatable to the mainstream. Just kidding. They don't care. They don't give two craps about what you think or your other voting friends think. Why? Because there's way more stupid people that are just going to watch a TV ad that cost them a couple million dollars that was given to them by this corporation or this billionaire through some dark money contribution through some super PAC that was set up by who? By them. By the politicians. I mean, think about this, folks. You, you, Whatever your name is, you fill in your name, are only allowed to donate $2,800 to your favorite political candidate. Huh. But, you know, if you go through some complicated, super-duper process, you could set up a political action committee, and then you could give whatever you want. You know, so that you could be like uh, the uh, George Soros of the world or the Bill Gates of the world, right? When they say, oh... Uh, Mark Zuckerberg gave $3 million to the Biden campaign. Well, he didn't actually get $3 million because he's only allowed to get $2,800 too. But see, because he's part of the you know elite, right? They have an infrastructure that sets up all these political action committees and all these super political action committees. And that way, so you can give unlimited amounts. You know, there's actually a really good movie to help you understand how dirty politics is. It's called, I believe, and check me on this, I believe it's called Irresistible. And it has Steve Carell, who I think is funny, but I'm sure he's probably some Marxist radical moron like the rest of them in Hollywood. But he's funny, at least. It's a movie about politics in a small town. You really should watch it. 
because it is a kind of a great snapshot at how just the very tip of the iceberg of how dirty and corrupt the professional political class is. See, politics is an industry. It's probably, they'll never actually calculate these numbers because once you realize that it's an industry, once you realize that there's a professional political class, uh, it'll be like finding this fat, short guy behind the curtain of Oz, right? So you'll never hear about how large and how, because you hear all the time about all the political money raised, right? Uh, this many millions and this many billions and this many trillions or whatever, right? But how come they never talk about the political economy? How come they never talk about the political industry? How come they never actually carry that through to the fact that, well, that money's spent somewhere. Where is it being spent? Well, who do you think it's being spent with? It's being spent with the media. It's being spent with the guy's wife who owns the print shop and also owns the t-shirt shop and also owns another you know, a website, also owns a political consulting firm, right? It's all incestuous. They're all connected. And, and see, this is the dirty secret that I didn't even learn some of the extent of how dirty and incestuous it was until I ran for U.S. Congress thinking that all I had to do was get more votes than the other girl. That's what I thought, too, when I joined your campaign, just FYI. Yeah. I learned pretty Imagine, see, you learn a lot. So here, Bobby Powell's talking about his friend in the, was it Michigan? The Michigan Republican Party? Yes. Okay. Well, how about the Pinellas head? And I wish I could remember the dude's exact name because I'd throw him under the bus because I love to do that. But how about that guy saying, thank God that Jeremy Brown didn't win because we'd much rather have fat, uh, radical, cultural Marxist Michelle Rayner, right? Uh, Running around talking about how she's the first black lesbian, blah, 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 right? So this. Republican, the head of the Pinellas County Republican Party, would much rather have Michelle Rayner in office because she'll continue to keep the black urban community on the plantation where they belong. And so he makes the statement to a a person of color, ironically, that thank God that guy, and that guy in the Senate is me, Thank God that guy didn't win. This is how they work. And that statement, the best thing to win in 2024 is to forget about these January 6ers. Yeah, maybe they're right. But see, the reason they're right is because these cowards have allowed the lie to perpetuate into a population of ignorant, distracted morons. And rather than be the leaders that they love to put in their at their campaign ad commercials, I'm a leader. Look at me. I'm on DeSantis. I dress dressed up like a special yeah, operator, even though even though I'm a Yale Jag officer, right? You know, they love to tell everybody about how they're leaders, except they can't seem to lead the American people to the truth. They can't seem to lead the American people to reality, right? 
So they let them simmer in their ignorance because to try to tell them that, you know, January 6th was actually a military coup to overthrow the Trump administration. Well, that would just be too hard. And we'll never commit convince the morons that, that that's the case. And so let's just let them believe the lie so that I can win my $175,000 a year job. So let me call back. Right. I really hate politicians. Yeah. Oh, is that a hate crime? The caller has hung up. All right, let me show you. I was looking up this um, movie he was talking about. Of course, a Democratic strategist helps a retired veteran run for a mayor, run for mayor in a small conservative Midwest town. How charming. More than in front of it. And cut. Because Jack could do the real deal. He's a cross between MacArthur and Elk Jerky and one of those machines that test grip strength. Whatever you say, nerd. It's good to see you. Yeah. You look fat. From writer-director John Stewart. I like being behind the camera more than in front of it. And cut. Because when I wear makeup, I like to do it for fun. Get ready for the most irresistible comedy event of the summer. What do you think of that right there? Sorry, not you, Dot. From Focus Features. Why do we accept that this is the way the media and the uh, party spend money? What do you think? An incarcerated individual at Citrus County, Florida. This call is not private. It will be recorded and may be monitored. If you believe this should be a private call, Please hang up and follow facility instructions to register this number as a private number. To accept this free call, press 1. To refuse this free call, thank you for using Securus. You may start the conversation now. Way to go, Jen. Sorry. Sorry. I just want to read you a couple more comments here because we know that uh, Voices in Nebraska has run for, I think she said, Attorney General in Nebraska. So she's commenting a lot here. She said, we expect those who serve in our military to be willing to give their lives for our country. We should expect no less from those who ask to be our elected public servants, especially from our CIC, our commander in chief. And then she says, I was asked recently by someone if I would run for U.S. Senate in Nebraska and was told that I could be funded with millions of out-of-state money. I said no. She was naive when she ran for office, but she really had her eyes opened. Um, so I think, you know, when you're coming from a grassroots position, as you and her have both realized as being the candidates and me just helping you, Jeremy, um, you're absolutely mm -hmm. right. Once you get into that process and you see how it happens, it really, man, it dashes your hopes and dreams <laughs> for a lot of people I know it did for me. Uh, but then you also see why people are in the positions they are, why they've never left for decades and why they don't do the people's will because they're absolutely sold out. So that's where we're at. Well, um, of course, because they're just a bunch of self-centered opportunities. And uh, let me just, is Voices of Nebraska, did she send me a birthday card? Yes. Is it the one about the badge? I'm not sure. Let's see. It, it's a. Uh, well, oh, all right. She said I, I received a birthday card, card today. I, I I received a birthday card today. 
uh, from somebody in Nebraska, and I won't mention their name. Yeah, you know, she because, said that was her. But it, it, yes. <laughs> well, one, the card made me cry. Okay, oh. not because of the card itself, but because of what uh, she wrote about her sons, and and I was really honored to read those words. But mm. I will read what the actual card says. Uh, it says, "For your birthday, here's a here's a badge you." Uh, you've earned the right to wear. And it says, I've survived darn near everything. <laughs> That's awesome. I Very totally fitting. feel like that. I feel like, sometimes I feel like Forrest Gump because sometimes I even remember things that I haven't even ever talked about. <laughs> but, um, so, well, thank you, uh, Voices in Nebraska, for your card. It was very, it was very nice and it, it made me feel good. I cried, but in a good way. Um, not like when we talk about things on this show where we cry or we laugh so that we don't cry. Um, well, look, since we're on the topic of douchebag traders, a.k.a. politicians. Yes. Jen, you were in law enforcement, right? Yes. Do you have a specific mission set that you were really drawn to or that you specialize in or that you work in? I don't know. I don't know if you call it mission set in law enforcement. Um, mm. Like, was there a certain area like you like to you like to enforce parking tickets, or did you like to patrol the donut shops, or maybe you were on the narcotics squad or uh, vice or whatever? Was there? Did you ever have any kind of specialty like that, or interest in a specialty like that? Yeah, I had a specialty called uh, it was called the Bravo Unit. But what it really meant was we were on we were on bicycles. <laughs> but, but the cool part about it was that we did we focused on anything that was of high crime in the community. So, for example, if there was a spike in robberies, then we would go do extra investigation for that. Pass on the info to the robbery unit. Um, if there was a rash of burglaries in an area, then we'd go deal with that. And um, I really liked communicating with people in the community in the community because that's really why I became a cop I believe that you should be able to walk down your street and feel safe and um so that was okay. I think okay. my favorite assignment all right and who was your like head supervisor like a lieutenant yes I had a sergeant right, so and then the, a lieutenant. the lieutenant there, there was a lieutenant in charge of the Bravo unit okay now let's say while you're out pedaling on your little bicycle which I'm laughing in my head. We didn't, uh, we didn't run it that much, this. for the record, because <laughs> it took forever to okay, get from the station and look, back and whatever. If there was an emergency. Jen, don't know. try to backpedal. <laughs> 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 See what I did there? All right. So let's just say you're out there. Yes, thank you. <laughs> the soundboard. All right. Let's say that you're out there. You're on the beat. All right, you're hoofing it, you're biking it, you're patrol carling it or whatever. Yeah. And, you, and you put together all the evidence that not only has there been a rash of burglaries, a lot of smash and grabs and stuff like this, but it seems like they're all very uh, uniquely related. Like you might have a huge fencing network that you've discovered, right? And so let's say that you take all this information about this fencing network and you're giving it to your, your lieutenant, and you're like, Lieutenant, I look, we got this, we got this, you've got your, your, your board of woe, you've got your flow charts and your 
you know, whatever, what are your reports and all this other stuff. Yes. And no matter how much information you give to the lieutenant, he just doesn't seem very interested in this particular fencing network. Now, he's all excited about directing you to, well, did you hear about the 5th Street fencing network, right? But the fence network that you're particularly tuned into is, is over here in this network. And, and no matter what information you give him, uh, he just isn't interested. And then actually he starts to pull resources away from your Bravo unit as it applies to that particular part of your investigation. What would you begin to suspect about that lieutenant? That he was trying to cover up and help these criminals. Oh, it's very interesting that you might say that. Because those kinds of because things do happen. <laughs> it might begin to seem like your lieutenant might be maybe on the take. Hell, right. maybe he's the fencing mastermind, right? Very well could be. I mean, you forgive me, but I've been watching a lot of superhero stuff lately. And so, you know, hey, these masterminds. So let me ask you this. What would that be the equivalent of, the equivalent of at the national level? A corrupt cop, a dirty cop. Let's say, what would be the national political equivalent of a dirty cop? Mm, Joe Biden. <laughs> hey, don't jump ahead. Sorry. Okay? <laughs> a corrupt politician. A corrupt politician that isn't just taking money on the side, but is actively manipulating things. Well, see, that actually defines as treason in the Constitution. It's the only crime defined in the Constitution, all right? And so let me just read to you real quick the definition of treason in the Constitution. It's found in Article 3, Section 3, the very first sentence. It says, treason against the United States shall consist only in levying war against them, meaning the United States, or in adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort. Now, I often talk about how fantastic the founders were at writing. And one of the things I like to do is when I hear odd words like adhering to their enemies, Jen, if I asked you what the definition of adhering or adhere was, what would you say it is? Mm, to stick with, to be with, to commiserate with. You're, you're, you're very correct because, see, I have Webster's Dictionary right here. So I looked up the word in here, and the first definition is to stick fast, stay attached, right? Like you're going to adhere this poster to the wall. But do you know what the second definition is? What? Which I didn't even know this. The second definition of it here is to give allegiance or support. Mm. So I didn't realize that that was a definition of it here, but see, apparently the founders did because that's exactly the word that they're using here in the definition of treason, to give allegiance or support. Allegiance. Right? Like, 
I, I feel like there's something that we all say that has been taken out of the schools, which has contributed to why so many kids hate America. It, it used to be called the Pledge of Allegiance, Allegiance yeah. right? Allegiance is I basically am committed to helping you come what may, hell or high water, so help me God, right? Wouldn't you say that's a pretty good definition of allegiance? Yes. So treason is adhering to their enemies or basically having allegiance and support, giving them aid and comfort. So let me ask you something. Did the Obama-Biden administration give up five Taliban leaders for nothing and then try to cover up that movement with this false story that Bo Bergdahl was traded for these five leaders, right? Which, in essence, made even President Trump refer to Sergeant Bo Bergdahl as a treasonous traitor. Someone who basically didn't deserve to be rescued from his captors, right? I mean, that happened. I was part of that. In fact, that's the reason the FBI found that template format so that I would make them think that I had information that they might not want people to know which is exactly what they did. They did exactly what I thought they would do, which is why they didn't indict me on that format to put to later because, see, they didn't want that information to get out. They didn't want me talking about it, which is why when we did the Who is Bo Bergdahl episode, that's the only episode the Department of Justice called my attorney and warned him to warn me about talking about Bo Bergdahl. But see, I tricked them. My attorney just was too foolish enough to listen to me. And so I'll give them that. It's not going to matter. It's all going to be overturned anyway. So, But I was directly involved and have evidence, firsthand knowledge, that the Obama administration, who Joe Biden was the vice president of, gave away five Taliban leaders for nothing. Okay? And then... The Biden administration, the president, surprisingly shut down all of Afghanistan operations, but not shut them down and let's pack it up and go home. Boys. No, no, no. Just leave everything right where it is. No, 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 no. Just get get a go bag. No, leave all the rest of it. Yeah, no, leave the nods. Yes, yeah, no, leave the MRAPs. Yes, helicopters. Yes, the helicopters. Leave them and get the hell out of there. Isn't that interesting? And then... What about the Iran nuclear deal? You know, the deal where we agreed to allow Iran to develop nuclear weapons. Who was that? Oh, yeah. It was the Obama-Biden administration. You know, where they flew in the plane load of billions and millions of dollars of cash on aircraft pallets in the middle of the night. Yeah. See, you know, there was other things that they did, too, like... In 2007, I was in the south of Iraq, right? We were based in Hilla. We were running the advanced operating base for eight Special Forces ODAs operating in the south. 
We had OBAs on the Iranian border. We had OBAs all throughout the South. At the time, there were these things you called EFPs. EFPs, ex- Explosive Force Penetrators, right? These were small, basic shape, basically shape charges that were designed to penetrate any armor that we had. Do you know where they were coming from, Jen? No. Iran. And do you know that we had roadblock after roadblock. Special Forces team could not directly interdict or take action against these EFP networks. And so when I come back, I will continue to lay out the case that the Biden administration is a treasonous enemy of the United States. Gotcha. The caller has hung up. I would also argue, even though it's domestic, uh, Kamala Harris and whoever else was involved in bailing out all of those protesters during the summer of love was also treasonous. Um, For a politician to bail those criminals out, they committed crimes Ask for donations also to continue that. And then we have January 6th. When you compare these two things, and of course the people on the left will say, well, they're incomparable. You're talking about seditious conspiracy. You're talking about an insurrection. Okay. Because they (laughs) eat up that narrative hook, line, and sinker. An incarcerated individual at Citrus County, Florida. This call is not private. It will be recorded and may be monitored. If you believe this should be a private and call, and these DAs that refuse to keep these people in jail, to register this number as a private number, for them to just go out and commit crime, full knowing what they're capable of, and then do. You may start the conversation now. Okay. So, eight special forces teams in southern Iraq. Most of them interacting with assets or coming across, uh, you know, information during sensitive site exploitation on operations that are recovering information about the Iranian EFP network. And basically, nothing happened. No strikes into Iran, no targeting of Iranians. Uh, led militias or any of that stuff. You'll just basically like, you know, uh, uh, observe and report was pretty much what we were doing, right? This was during the Obama Biden administration, right? Uh, and, you know, let's see, 2000, when was it? When was, yeah, so this was the end of the Bush administration going into the, the Obama Biden administration. So see, look, even Bush gets thrown under the bus here, right? But then in 2012, in 2011-2012 timeframe, the Obama administration totally shut down all of the clandestine intelligence networks in Iraq. Well, those networks weren't just for Iraq, because guess what? Those networks were running into Iran as well. Huh. Seems like that would be awfully helpful to Iran. And now. Let's fast forward 
to President Biden's administration, where they're giving $6 billion away, which they say that they froze that money, but they didn't even want to do that until they got so much heat for financing Hamas's uh, invasion into Israel that they have said that they suspended it, but I don't actually believe that. But let's just say that they did. They initially wanted to give $6 billion to Iran. And then they're allowing, as of today, the reports are 38 Iranian-linked attacks against U.S. interests in the Middle East. Yet, with only one response, which came in the form of two uh, airstrikes in Syria. Now, again, I've been telling you that this is all manufactured. Right. And I'm not I'm not saying that we should go to war against Iran. What I'm saying is that our men and women in uniform are being put out there as decoys, as sitting ducks, as targets for the Iranians. Why? Because this administration wants some of them to die so that they can use it as their actual Pearl Harbor justification to go hard into Iran. And yet this very administration has done the things that have been necessary to strengthen Iran to this point. Why? You say, Jeremy, but that doesn't make any sense. Why would they help Iran but then say we're going to attack Iran? Because they want a war. They love war. They're warmongers. And this is why 38 attacks against our men and women in uniform in Syria, in Iraq, in Yemen, and God knows where else, and yet nothing. They're being hung out to dry. Now, see, if I put my troops in an area and you come at them, I have a rule of you hit me, I hit you 10 times harder. And yet we're not doing that. Is it because we don't want to go to war with Iran? No, it's because America, they don't think America wants to go to war with Iran. But see, good thing they got Biden in there because Biden has allowed Iranian sanctions against their sale of oil. Doesn't that be ignored to the point where they're selling pretty much like four, five, six, ten times the amount of oil that they're actually allowed to sell? which is doing what? Financing Hezbollah, which is financing Hamas, and then we've got Russia involved. Oh, yeah, let's talk about uh, Russia and Ukraine, right? Yeah. Biden blackmailed the Ukrainian government to fire the attorney general or whatever his position was investigating his son. Yes. Then put it, left his son in place to basically be the heavy and the middleman, the milk, the milkman carrying all this illegal cash and God knows what else they're doing in, in Ukraine. And yet now when that guy is the president of the United States, billions of dollars are being pumped into Ukraine. And yet for some reason, they still can't manage to win anything. Right. Why? Because they love war. If they could just make the war drag on and. Well, who's the war against? Well, it's against Russia. And Russia's an ally of who? Oh, yeah, Iran. Huh. So you mean to tell me that the government 
for which the Biden administration has in essence been adhering to, showing aid and comfort to, say, Iranians, are sending weapons to Russia, and Russia in return is helping out Hezbollah, which is an Iranian uh, militia in Lebanon. That's funny because I thought that we were against Russia. So why would we be working with a country that's allied with Russia that's working against our direct interest in Ukraine and Israel? Because they love war. And then how much money has even the feckless investigations of Congress uncovered coming into the Biden family from China? Yes. China. And yet, it seems like every energy policy of this administration seems to only benefit China and cripple American industrial production and the energy industry within the United States. Yeah. And China is the beneficiary of this. So you mean to tell me, Jen, that China has given millions, if not billions, to the Biden crime syndicate, as some uh, conservative pundits call them. And we don't think that's led to policy decisions that benefit China. Yeah, you know, the same China that's funding who? Russia, Iran, North Korea, and prepping for war against us. The same China that's sending warships off our coast. The same Russia that just tested a new ICBM, a sub-launched nuclear missile that can carry 16 nuclear warheads, just the other day, within the last couple of days. Hey, Jeremy. When was the last time there was? Yes. I, ju I just heard that we sent a nuclear sub over there. It was either yesterday or today to the Middle East. So just keep ramping it up. No problem. So... I say all this to say this. Uh, we're in a war. And that war is going to hurt us. Now, remember, we started out a while going through the activities of an insurgency or resistance movement pyramid, right? So let me just read lines 12, 13, and 14. And see if you recognize any, I don't know, current headlines. Overt and covert pressures against the government, strikes, riots, and disorders. Huh. Did you hear, Jim, that there was an insurrection uh, in the last few days? Pretty much all weekend there's been an insurrection because that's what we call, you know, riots in Washington, D.C., right? insurrections and uh, violent overthrows of the government. Except this time it's not a bunch of people wanting us to actually count the votes that were cast uh, using math. This time it is people chanting from the river to the sea, Palestine must be free. Yes. How many arrests do you think were made? How many FBI agents have been pulled off of J6 cases or child sex trafficking cases or Chinese spy cases in order to investigate these Palestinian protesters who, I guarantee you, 
did way more damage and probably yelled way meaner things than the protesters for January 6th. And how many strikes have we heard about recently? We had the automotive strike. We've got the uh, actor strike, which that one doesn't really matter. But then we've got the Vegas, uh, the, uh, the Vegas Workers Union, which is one of the largest unions in the United States. It seems like every day there's a new strike. We had uh, UPS was striking. Uh, I've heard some airline strikes. We had uh, the rail, railway, Amtrak, or whatever. Companies going bankrupt. Companies like Johnson and Johnson's going bankrupt, and I think the second largest trunk trucking company also went bankrupt. Right, but I'm pointing particularly to strikes because the it doesn't talk about bankruptcy as an as a weapon in unconventional warfare, but it does talk about strikes. Mm. That's funny because see, most of these labor unions would also love to be out there chanting from the river to the sea, Palestine must be free. And so we see these strikes, riots, and disorders. Well, that's just line 12 on the activities of an insurgency resistance movement chart, which I'm drawing from a military manual. on Now, this is the unclassified version, which we've talked about many times. But let's look at 13. Sabotage and terror to demonstrate weakness of the government. So you mean to tell me that, like, terror, like, uh, all the mass shootings, or how about the Israeli students or the Jewish students locked in the library while uh, rabid Palestinian protesters are outside and nobody can seem to do anything. We just can't seem to find a SWAT team. You know, if it was a J6 or, well, hell, we'd have 40 SWAT members there busting their door down for misdemeanor trespassing warrants. But yet, when it's Palestinians saying, we're going to rape you and stab you and murder you because you're a dirty Jew, well, we just can't seem to find any law enforcement. So just, hey, shelter in place. Don't worry. They'll get hungry and go away. Right? Wait, you don't, you well, don't, that sounds a little bit... We don't want to get any, you know, involved in Islamophobia because Vice President Kamala Harris well, no, reminded well, us a, of that. That's, that's why we need a national policy on... Islamophobia in order to, to counter all the anti-Semitism. Jen, have you not been reading your 1984 uh, Newspeak dictionary? Oh. You know, the 50th volume was just published. It's, it actually eliminated half the words, don't you know? And then sabotage. 38 attacks against U.S. troops, and yet no action taken. We're not holding them out. That, that would be my recommendation. My recommendation is get them all the hell out of there and let them all go at it. And then once they're all, you know, smoldering and all this other stuff, well, then, you know, hey, then, then uh, the old school leftist argument of we just want the world, well, then we should be able to move right in. But see, it's never about that. It's about the war. It ain't about the oil. There's plenty of oil. The earth produces it. It's it's a renewable resource contrary to what the oil companies want you to believe. But see, this is a form of sabotage. Sabotage. We are sabotaging our own strength and capabilities. And then we have increased underground activities to demonstrate strength of revolutionary organization. We are seeing all of these steps 
phases, activities of unconventional warfare playing out right before our eyes, and we're just told, oh, these are just college kids. Yeah, college kids that were likely instructed for years by either a foreign intelligence asset or somebody highly influenced by foreign intelligence asset operations, like propaganda. Who told us about that, Jen? Who told us? One minute left. Who had that? That's right, our friend Yuri Bezmanov. And what would he know? I mean, hell, he was just in the KGB of the very people that are all right smack dab in the middle of this ridiculousness. So, war is coming. And I really, really want to warn everybody, and it's already here, but worst parts of the war are coming. And I really, Jen, really need to put something together because there's some things that we all need to know. And I'm really getting worried. And I don't worry very often. But uh, all of this nonsense is looking way too, way too predictable for me. And uh, so we'll let you go to bed on that tonight, I guess. <laughs> Thank you for using Securus. Goodbye. Yeah, that's definitely uh, something that we've been discussing lately is, I mean, how can you avoid it, right? It's plastered all over uh, the news channel, but something we didn't get to, and I just want to hit on this before we leave. He's talking about, you know, treason, um, the divisiveness, the unconventional warfare. And we're seeing that just as he was saying with what happened at the White House the other night, we have these anti-Israeli, pro-Palestinian, pro-Israeli, anti-Palestinian, however you want to look at it. They are, there's some there's some divisiveness, divisiveness there now that's very prominent. So just before we were going live... There were incoming reports of an anti-Israel protester having killed an Israel supporter named Paul in Los Angeles. He was 65 years old, Paul Kessler. He was hit in the head with I'm not sure what. But we will continue to see more of this. And not just in the United States, it's happening all over the world, but Regarding the United States, there will be more of this. I have another video for you here. Cities that are said to be targeted by Hamas, according to the FBI. And when I saw this list the other day, I only saw, mm, I'd say less than 10 cities on this list. But this guy is saying that there's more. So let's take a look. is uh, some of the information coming out on cities to be on the watch. Now, first is Washington, D.C., all throughout the state of New York, San Francisco, California, Santa Clara, California, Los Angeles, California, San Diego, California, Houston, Texas, Arlington, Texas, Dallas, Texas, Boca Raton, Florida, 
Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Orlando, Florida, Tampa, Florida, Boston, Massachusetts, Playfield, Illinois, Chicago, Illinois, Cleveland, Ohio, Laurel, Maryland, Potomac, Maryland, Periton, Virginia, Springfield, Virginia, Raleigh, North Carolina, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Charlotte, North Carolina, Detroit, Michigan, Columbia, Missouri, Kansas City, Missouri, Denver, Colorado, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, Tucson, Arizona, and Seattle, Washington. That is the list that they currently have where they're saying, please be on the lookout. Not only is there concern of physical attacks, of possible you know, attacks on people uh, with devices, but in addition to that, they are saying these are the cities to be mindful of, to watch against tax against top attacks against our infrastructure systems for our water, our electrical grids, taking down our airports. They're trying to shut down our systems to uh, wreak havoc on our daily lives. Okay, so there you have it. So it's things that we already kind of know. Like you should expect these things to happen. Uh, but as we go into 2024, we have to be hypervigilant and we also have to keep talking about it. And that means being prepared with extra water, water filtration, uh, night vision, uh, extra supply of food, getting your flashlights together, a go bag if you need it, extra gasoline, your generators, all of those things are becoming critically important now. We know that things are going to happen. They will. I can promise you that. Especially now going into this, this next election year. I hate to even say that. But apparently that's the truth. Up until November 2024, we're going to experience some major chaos. And... um so we'll get some more information from Jeremy on that as well. OGA8 had a good point here. He said the media is powerful. That's why the First Amendment, freedom of the press, is so important so that the truth can counter it. Voices in Nebraska says, I remember the wave of Allahu Akbar attacks that used to be regularly in the news. Then BLM riots came and went. Here we go again. Up and coming. New Tampa was on there. C-A-I-R is strong here in Tampa. Uh, Tampa's run by, okay. All, and OGA8 is asking, aren't all those cities run by Democrats? So yeah, I would venture to say yes. The majority of large cities at this point are run by Democrats. Um, but also being in a city and having an attack like that will uh, get the most people with the, the smallest amount of effort, right? So that's probably another part of it as well. So please be safe, everyone. Take all those things into account as we move together into this volatile world. Uh, I always wondered what it felt like to be living in a wartime situation such as 1930s. 
Europe, and here we are. No more mysteries. Hope everybody has a wonderful night. Thank you for tuning in to the Fusion Cell. Don't forget, um, go to makehoneygreatagain.com if you'd like 16 ounces of raw South Carolina honey. And you can put in the promo code J6 Green Beret to get $5 sent to Jeremy Brown in his legal fight. And tomorrow at noon, I'll be dropping that Bobby Powell interview into Rumble. So you can find it there and we'll be live again tomorrow at eight. So thank you very much for being here. Like I said, have a wonderful night. Try not to let these things stress you out too much. Sleep well and whatever you do, don't do nothing. Good night, everybody. World domination, same old dream. The universe grows smaller every day. birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, and for the people shall not perish from the earth. It was a great word.